What's happening? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, coming at you today to talk about how to win friends and influence people. This is one of the best books ever written uh, by Dale Carnegie, one of the most useful books ever written. And I want to break down for you exactly how the book looks, what you can take away from it, and actually how to win friends and influence people. There is no better book written on the art of persuasion and on the art of getting people to like you. And it's as relevant and classic today as it was when it was written in 1937. But before I get into that, I want to get into how to understand people and how to understand yourself in social interactions, okay? And this is very important if you want to be able to influence people and, and win friends and use the techniques from the books. You have to understand what's going on behind the social interaction and, and what's actually going on beneath the surface, okay? So... The way that you understand people is is four things. Everyone acts in their own self-interest at all times, despite what they may say. Uh, it's in everyone's self-interest to feel pleasure at all times and avoid pain at all times. Everyone wants to feel the highest pleasure, which is like a loving state of ecstatic bliss, if that's possible. And everyone wants to avoid um, pain at all times. Okay, so... The thing is, life is painful. As the Buddha says, existence is suffering. With enlightenment being the ultimate pleasure or permanent bliss or what the Hindus call Satchitananda. Um, you know, in devotional religions, this is communion with God. And it's the permanent removal of pain. It's what everyone's chasing. That, that pure bliss state and that permanent removal of pain. Whether you believe that's possible or not, it doesn't negate the fact that everyone would love to be in ecstasy and bliss all the time and never have any pain or suffering. Okay, and anyone who says otherwise is is completely unaware of what motivates themselves and what motivates other people. Okay, if if, if everyone could take a pill that had you feeling ecstatic bliss twenty four seven, the crime, pain, suffering, hurting others, everything, every negative thing about human experience would be gone in an instant. All right, with that pill, and people would walk be walking down the streets hugging each other in ecstasy, and we would all work together and. You know, there would be no indentured servitude. There would be no, you know, any of those negative human things that we have. There'd be no need for money or private property because everyone would be in, in bliss all the time and, and would be happy to share with each other. Unfortunately, we don't have that pill. Uh, we have the world that we have. And it's a world where most people don't understand um, what I just said. They don't understand themselves and they definitely don't understand other people. Okay. To understand yourself and understand other people, and I know that I harp on you guys on this a lot in a lot of videos, is that you're either going towards pleasure or avoiding pain. And the majority of your day is spent sleeping, working, grooming, eating. All, all of those basic human actions are just to avoid the pain of not grooming or never sleeping or not working or not eating. Like, like the bulk of your day is just spent avoiding pain, okay? The rest of your day is spent trying to chase pleasure, whether it's reading or having sex or eating ice cream or going out with your friends or drinking alcohol or seeing your loved ones or listening to music. The, the free time you have outside of avoiding pain is going towards chasing pleasure, okay? So let me state that again. Everyone acts in their interest at all times and that's to feel as much pleasure as possible and avoid as much pain as possible. And I'm not talking about the uh, Ayn Rand rational self-interest or whatever bullshit she was on, which assumes it's a choice, okay? I, 
I'm saying it's not self-interest. You are selfish and it's not a choice. This is a fact. This is not, I'm teaching you to choose to be selfish. I'm saying everyone is selfish no matter what. You, you can't not be selfish unless you're unconscious or you're dead. You're either chasing pleasure, avoiding pain, even if you, even if you're doing something nice for someone, right? There's still a payoff in that it makes you happy to do. Okay. And you don't have a choice. This is in your biology. Every cell in your biology in your body is designed over billions of years of evolution and to survive and replicate. All right. Number one purpose, survive. Number two purpose, replicate. Okay. And you're with, you're rewarded with pleasure for all the actions that, um, accomplish this goal, right? So eating, sleeping, grooming, shelter, um, survival levels down and then replication, which is, you know, dressing well, meeting women, having sex, all those things make you feel good. You know, a lot of the reason we chase money is, is replication. Okay. So this, this is, you really are a selfish, um, organism, whether you want to believe it or not. Okay. And you might be thinking, well, what about all those people who deliver, deliberately cause themselves pain? All right. The, the problem is that, that they don't, not that they don't want to be happy. It's that their wants aren't aligned with their happiness. Okay. So the heroin junkie lives in hell and he doesn't see any consistent happiness in the future. And he chases the one thing that can give him pleasure, that heroin, despite the fact that it puts him on the streets and it's keeping him there. And despite the fact that it ruined his life, he's still chasing that pleasure because then it becomes the only thing that he has. Okay. So this is just a, a, a person who has badly aligned his wants with his need. He, with his happiness. So he wants heroin, but the heroin doesn't actually make him happy. It destroys his happiness. It gives him a short term a pleasure, but it destroys the rest of his life. Okay. Compare that to the happy, well-adjusted person with loving relationships and rewarding work who is smart about their happiness. That's, that's really the only difference between the heroin addict and the happy, well-adjusted person is the heroin addict is really dumb at making himself consistent that consistently happy whereas the happy well-adjusted person is just good at it with that said even though the the happy person might spend a lot of their life helping other people they're just as selfish as the heroin act they 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 just get high off of a different thing they get high off of helping people but they're still getting a payoff in terms of um self-respect in terms of feeling like a good person in terms of making someone else happy you know there is no way around that okay even when you do things for other people to make them happy, it's because it makes you happy. And I, I can't express that truth to you enough. I know I've said it in a lot of other videos, but I wanted to recap that for you because it's so important to understand when you're talking about any type of social interaction or sales or anything like that. You have to understand that everyone's coming from the point of self-interest. And if you have the idea of, oh, people are superficial or people are selfish or people are this, this and that, when, and anyone who has those types of thoughts or says those things does not understand reality at all, okay? You really, really have to drill this into your head that everyone acts in their self-interest all the time. They can't not act any differently, okay? You cannot not chase pleasure and you cannot not try and avoid pain, all right? So this is what we know. Everyone acts in their own self-interest at all times and everyone wants to feel good at all times. So the logical conclusion is, if you want to win friends and influence people, you add value, which is giving in to their self-interest, and you make them feel good. That's simple. Add value, make them feel good. And 
the more people you add value to and the more people you make feel feel good, the more friends you get, the more clients you get, the more people you get to do what you want, the more women you have in your life, the more everything, okay? And so in turn, by adding value, making people feel good, they want to add value back to you and make you feel good. So you create this positive feedback loop, which also creates a better reality for yourself and for the people around you. Sounds like a nice way to live, right? The question is, why do most people not do that? Why are most social interactions strained? Why is there so much tension? Why is there so much conflict in the world? Okay. Four reasons that I've, I've devised is four main reasons why people don't act that way. The first one is lack of awareness. Okay. So they either don't have the self-awareness or the social awareness, or it's a combination of both. Um, you'll see this in a lot of autistic or Asperger's people. They just can't understand social cues. But you also see this in a large part of the general population. Um, you know, if you're autistic or you have Asperger's, they they at least have an excuse in my book if they have some type of, you know, developmental problem. But in with regular people, the lack of awareness just comes from a lack of focus. So, and the lack of focus comes from not having social skills. And really, it's because they don't have it as a priority, right? If you don't have winning friends and influencing people as a priority then you're not gonna focus on the social skills and social interactions and the social cues because you don't care about it enough, right? You don't care about it enough to actually make it a priority and therefore you walk around in a lack of awareness and you make social mistakes all the time. I see this all the time, all the time, all the time. Number two is aggression. So some guys think that outright dominance in social situations is the best move. And it is effective if you're um, the most popular guy in high school and you're a bigger guy or you are just a big intimidating tough guy or you you are a manager at work where you have position right where you have a st corporate structure that enforces your position then you can influence people by aggression which is really intimidation and a lot of the time this tends to get you into arguments and stuff like that it's you can influence people definitely Okay, um, especially if you're a criminal and you use guns and things like that, definitely can. But again, this is not a great way to influence um, people over the long term, assuming, and it's also not a good way to to make friends over the long term. So, really, if you if you're able to make friends this way, the friends that you have will probably be scared of you. Um, they'll fifty percent of be in a relationship with you because there's they're afraid of disappointing you or, or something like that. But they generally will not be good long-term friends. Um, you're also going to get a lot of people that betray you because they don't like you and they are waiting for you to fall and they secretly enjoy when you fall. And you might get some short-term victories, but it's, it's really counterproductive in the long run. Okay, like I said, you can get away with a lot of aggression when you have position. Okay, and by position, I mean you have position in the social hierarchy. So you're the quarterback in high school or you're you're the boss at work. You can get away with a lot of um, nasty behavior, but it's really not necessary and it's actually counterproductive. Like you could still be a leader at work without the aggression and get way better results, way, way, way better results. And, you know, people aren't going to quit. You're not going to have to fire as many people. Um, you're not going to have as many conflicts, right? And it, the aggression overall is just a long, 
It's not a good long game, and it causes a lot of bounce back that is not as unnecessary, okay? And that's for guys who are naturally, like, big guys, dominant alpha guys. But some of the worst offenders that I've found are the recovering, and I'm using recovering quotations, and I'm using beta males in quotations. So this was, like, the guy who's reading stuff on the internet of the men's movement. He's like, I'm not going to be the nice guy anymore. But he does it in such an uncalibrated way that instead of saying, well, I'm going to stand up for myself, what actually happens is the guy becomes aggressive and it's uncalibrated. So you've got, you know, a skinny guy who perhaps wasn't popular growing up and now he's coming off as aggressive and it's really uncalibrated. It's just like, what's in, instead of being intimidated, people sort of think what's wrong with that guy? You know, why is that guy so angry? And it, it, it is, the guy's actually better off when he was back being that that nice guy because now he's going to be alienating a lot of people, okay? So I see that a lot and or I, I read that a lot in the comments of, of the men's movement and that and that's not a good way to be either, okay? So any type of aggression is a, is a bad way to sell on influencing people. Number three is neediness, okay? That's another mistake that people make. These are the guys who want, want, want. They always want something. All they can see is what they want and they don't hesitate to ask for it consistently. In fact, they'll ask for it right off the gate. You know, they're value leeches and instead of influencing people, they repel people. Uh, for the first four years of RLD, I answered every single email, uh, but I stopped answering emails completely because 90% of the emails that I got, you know, 10% of you guys are terrific. Uh, and really good stuff, but 90% of the emails I was getting were people who were just, you know, writing me these essays, you know, with urgent in the title, I need help with this girl, you have to read this right now, and just an essay with like 100 questions in it, just asking, asking, asking value, right? For me, if I want something from someone that I'm reading, I will just ask them how much is your, is your hourly rate? Right, you're gonna. I'm gonna give that value, and then see if the guy is going to offer me the value back in return. So, and maybe maybe these aren't bad guys. They just don't know. They don't know that that neediness actually repels people. Okay, you want to be adding value, not taking value. If you are in a social situation and your first instinct is to take value, you're really fucking up. You're really like, you know you've repelled so many people and you don't even realize it, okay? It's a very important thing to be aware of and I'm not trying to like, um, you know, insult anybody, but that's just a reality of it, okay? So that's number three. And number four, the mistake is, is just lack of interest. So the guys with the lack of interest are aware of how social interactions work. They just don't care enough to put in the effort. They'll just show up, be low energy. They they understand what's going on in the interaction. They're just There's just not enough payoff for them to... Um, put in the effort and that is not a bad thing per se it's just neutral so they're not going to lose friends or repel people but they're also not going to be able to easily gain friends and they're also not going to be able to have strong influence over people okay and that's not the worst way to be but if you want to be living at an optimized higher level and be able to make a lot of friends and be able to influence a lot of people then that's not your best bet so doing any of those four things on a consistent basis is um, not a good way to be. And th for three of those things, you are destroying your social and your business prospects. 
And you might have been doing that for like the last 20 years. If you're wondering why things maybe haven't been going the way that you wanted to, take a look and examine your social interactions and see if, if you fit any of those bills, okay? You know, are you aggressive? Are you overly needy? Are you not focusing and not being aware of social interactions? Are you sitting there just being neutral when you could be adding value and, and influencing people? Okay. The not, you know, doing those four things is a big problem, especially if you're dealing with high value people. All right. You know, if you're dealing with someone who's got a lot of things going on or a big client with a lot of money, they don't have time for like one, like just one of those mistakes, right? One, one time you argue with the guy, you know, if I was going to argue with my client back when I was a salesman, one time that could have been it, right? That could have been the end of a guy who's given me $10,000 a month, right? From one argument, he'd go to my competitor because he can, because he has that much value, right? Same thing with a guy who's got a lot going on. Like, you know, in my business, one of the biggest guys is Tim Ferriss. If Tim Ferriss was sitting down talking to me, I would treat him like absolute gold, right? Because that guy has so much value to me that could be offered to me. I wouldn't do, I would, I would make sure not to make any mistake. I would, I would be making that guy feel great. You know, everything, right? Because one mistake, million people are asking for that dude's time. A million bloggers or personal development guys want to talk to Tim Ferriss, right? One mistake, he could just be like, all right, I'm done with this. Okay. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. All right. Not only that, it's just fucking low consciousness living, right? I like to be around happy people, happy, positive interactions. And this is the smart way to live. So again, like I keep telling you guys, life is sales. You're always selling whether you believe it or not. And there's nothing beta about being nice and charming and complimenting people. Okay. The most quote unquote alpha guys I met were also the best salesmen and they're hands down the most charming people you meet. They can make you feel like a million bucks if you, if they, if they want to just by turning it on like that. Right. And they don't get their way by fucking, you know, bullying and, and, and all these other negative things is by exactly what Dale Carnegie tells you to do. Okay. Exactly what he tells you to do. So without further ado, like the old saying goes, you catch more flies with honey. All right. And like your mom, um, used to tell you, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So unless someone is fucking with you, that's when you drop the hammer. But at that point, it's beyond winning friends and influencing people. That's like a last resort. Like someone's fucking with you. Okay. You can drop the hammer on them, but then that, that interaction is going to be over and you're going to ruin whatever chance you have as a friendship. So make sure if you're dropping the hammer on someone, it's like, okay, this is done. I'm, you know, they've caused me pain, so I'm going to get, get back at them, but it's not while you're still trying to build a relationship. Okay. You know, because it, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, if you don't believe what I'm saying, go try and earn a living in sales. Please do that. Please do that. Where literally the wrong word, one wrong sentence and you lose a client. And then that means you miss your target and you're, you're two to three months away from getting fired at any given time. So literally one wrong sentence means you might miss your target for that month, which means you miss your quarter, which means you're fired, right? It's, it's, it's that, it's that black and white, but most people don't know that because they've never had anything riding on their social interaction, or at least they didn't realize there was something riding on it, right? When there's actual money in your job is riding on, you see how fucking serious this stuff is. And like 
every time you put out something negative, that something negative comes back to you. Even if it's a small thing, and even if you don't see the guy's reaction right away, he's still picking up on that. And every time you put out something positive, something positive is coming back to you, okay? It's really that simple, all right? So with that said, that's the case for it. Now I'm going to give you the rules of Mr. Dale Carnegie and his How to Win Friends and Influence People. The first section of the book is divided into fundamental techniques in handling people. And the beautiful thing about this book is I can take his points word for word and not one of them is wrong. The majority of books, I'll take one or two points away. Every single thing in this book is right. And, I can, and I'm going to use his um, bullet points word for word because they're so fucking good. Okay. Read this book. Once, twice, read it every month, read it as many times as you have to until you do everything that he says because it's that, it's that good. So fundamental techniques in handling people, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. No one likes to be criticized. Okay, let me say that again. No one likes to be criticized at all, ever. No one likes to admit that when they're wrong. I don't care if you're framing it as constructive criticism. No one likes it. doesn't matter who they are. Okay, if he's smart or he's a good salesman, like if... If some reporter says something to Obama, he'll say, well, thank you for, you know, generating this discussion. I'd be happy to answer that. But that's just game. Okay. What he's really thinking is shut the, shut the fuck up. I'm going to shut this guy up. Right. That's what he's thinking. Okay. For all you guys who like to play devil's advocate or let me just say some constructive criticism. Almost always you're coming from a place of aggression and almost always it doesn't want to be heard. The only time people want to hear it is if they ask your opinion and it's like, you know, it's not something that's too personally sensitive. You know, what do you think about this sales page versus this one? Which one do you like more? Oh, okay, I like B. And then the guy's going to be like, thank you for your opinion. But unprompted, unasked for criticism, man, that's probably the worst the worst thing you can do in a social situation, right? Number two, give honest and sincere appreciation. So if you're working on a project with someone or they're helping you with, with something, just tell them, you know, you're doing a great job. Thank you for all your hard work. It's such a simple thing. It's such an easy thing, but it's something that everybody loves to hear. Everyone loves to hear that they're valued for what they're doing. Okay. Number three, arouse in the person an eager want. So if you want someone to work with you or work for you, make, understand what they want and make their wants your wants. So you understand what motivates that guy and then you're able to arouse that in him, right? I'm not talking about like bullshit dream selling, but I'm talking about, okay, how do I, how do I get his wants aligned with mine? So you figure out what he wants and then you're able to give that to him. Okay. Like if you're just starting out a business, you're saying you can pay him X amount. Three months from now, you're going to, you're going to be able to pay him a bit more if money's his main focus, right? Or, you know, you give him a percentage of this and as it continues to grow, he's going to increase the percentage. And if he stays loyal, then there's going to be more opportunity for him to, move up as the company continues to grow, if he believes in it, right? Again, you gotta be ethical in the way that you do that, but it's about seeing their perspective instead of seeing yours. It's like, whenever you're trying to influence someone, instead of thinking, what do I want? Think about what does he want first, okay? And how am I gonna give it to him? And then when I give it to him, then I can get what I want, right? There's a great book or a great title called Leaders Eat Last. Right, so you you eat after you've given the people what they want, right? That's how you get what you want. 
So that's section one. Section two is six ways to make people like you. Number one, he says, is become genuinely interested in other people. I can sit down with pretty much anyone and be interested in what they're saying, even if they're not particularly intelligent or interesting because I'm observing them. I'm building a bigger database in my head of people. I'm seeing what motivates them and I can learn something from everybody, whether they want me to learn it or not. A lot of the time that I'll learn something that they wouldn't want me to learn, but just by observing them, I can make any conversation interesting, you know, by asking questions and seeing um, what they want. And people love to see that you've taken an interest in them because most people don't do that. Most people just sit down and they start talking about what's going on in their lives their problems or, you know, all this, this shit that know that the other person doesn't care about, right? Very few people sit down and start asking like pointed questions about you, giving you focused eye contact, um, you know, asking engaged questions on top of that. If you, if you hear about like the charisma of Bill Clinton, okay, or George Clooney, you can read about this. They say that he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. So this super high value, super important guy, He's shaking hands with everyone, then he comes to you and he looks you right in the eyes, shakes your hand, asks you a couple questions about yourself, doesn't look around the room, doesn't think about anyone else, and all of a sudden, all that value of the former president is just turned on you, right? And you're thinking, wow, this guy really is listening to what I'm saying. That's such a powerful thing. Number two, six ways to make people like you is to smile. Happiness contagious, everyone wants to be happy. That one's a no-brainer. Number three, remember the person's name and use the person's name often. You can hear every good salesman do this, right? I used to do this on every conversation. Hey, John, how are you? John, I wanted to ask you a question about, it just shows that you're, you're valuing them and that you're, you're taking an interest and, you know, people love to hear their own name. That's just as, as far as it goes. Number four, be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. This kind of adds to point number one. Engage questions, active listening, eye contact. The way to make people feel comfortable is to get them talking about themselves, not listening to you. Okay, if you're on a date with a girl and you're talking the whole time, that's that girl's not going to be comfortable. And it's not going to be a good date. You want a date where by the end of the date, she's talking at least 70% of the time. Because now she's going to open up and feel comfortable about you. Okay? Number five, talk in terms of the other the, the other person's interest. If, if you want to charm someone, talk about what they want, right? When I was in sales, there was never a phone conversation where I talked about myself or my personal life. They weren't interested. It was, oh, me talking about my client going camping that weekend. They're going to the Leafs game or they're taking their kids to ballet or how their business was going. They didn't give a fuck about me. They liked talking and hearing their own voice. And I would encourage that, right? Because I want them to like me and I want them to continue to being one of my clients and feel like they're being not just well-serviced, but that there's a personal relationship there. And number six is make the person feel important and do it sincerely. So everyone wants to feel important. Again, like I, I keep saying, everyone wants to feel good. So when you make that person feel important, especially if you're a high value guy, then they're going to be like, I like this guy. They might have hated you before, right? Have you ever seen like the popular guy in high school? Maybe some, some guy would be talking shit about him or, or you would have thought, man, that guy's such a dick. 
and then he goes over and be nice and is nice to you or is nice to that guy. And then all of a sudden that guy becomes his biggest fan because he just was nice to that guy, made him feel important. And it's something that is so easy, it's free, but most people don't do it. So that's section two. Section three is 12 ways to win people over to your way of thinking. Okay, the only way to get the best of an argument is to avoid it. 100% agree. Uh, if you want to see more on that, watch my video on how to win um, an argument. I'll give you a hint. It's by not arguing in the first place. Number two is show respect for the other person's opinion. Never say you're wrong. If I'm saying you're wrong, it's because that guy has broken rapport with me too many times. And now I'm just going to, now I'm going in for the attack. Like, okay, the, the gloves are off. I'm I'm attacking this guy, but that rarely happens. Usually, if you're hanging out with cool people, you never have to say you're wrong, and you never do because, you, again, you're breaking rapport. It's what I tell you guys all the time. Don't break rapport, don't break rapport, don't break rapport. It's it's the worst social sin that you can do, okay? Um, if you're wrong, admit it quickly and, and emphatically. This is something that I'm really good at. Believe it or not, you, might, you guys might think I have a big ego and I'm the kind of guy who would never admit I'm wrong. It's actually the opposite because... When on the occasions that I am wrong, I realize I was, I realize I'm wrong. I feel guilty about it and I apologize immediately and I say what I did was wrong. I should have done that to you. I'm sorry. Just quickly, like a band aid on and off. And it's something you should get, you should be able to do. And I feel like if you're a high value and, and a worthy person, then apology, an apology is not a weakness, it's a strength. It's saying I was wrong. Okay. You know, when you feel confident in yourself, you can say, well, I was wrong. You know, I'm sorry I won't do that again. And that's the kind of apology I want from other people as well. Okay, when you're able to apologize that way, you're also able to forgive quickly. Um, being able to apologize quickly and being able to forgive when you get a sincere apology are, are important things. So that's number three. Number four is begin in a friendly way. Um if we, you know, if you start any interaction in a friendly way, you're always going to get better results than if you start neutral, if you start rude. That's just a no-brainer. Uh, start questions with start with questions the other person will answer yes to. Okay, so this applies probably more than sales. You don't have to do this with your friends, but in sales, this is what we call a yes ladder. So you're like, well, wouldn't you like to make more money, John? Okay, well, and if you could make an extra ten thousand dollars a month, would would you be interested in that? He's going to say, yeah, you know. So you're getting, yes ladder, you're getting compliance. The more compliance you have, the, the more momentum you have in that social interaction. Number six, let the other person do a great deal of the talking. Uh, uh, he's applying this to sales, but I'm applying that to anything else. Uh, like I said, on a date, you want, you want the person, you want the girl to do most of the talking. You want to ask her enough questions that she's doing most of the talking, okay? Which is contradictory to the vast majority of the pickup artist stuff out there. Um, you know, you're, you don't have to run flashy type of crazy game. You, you're on the date making that girl feel comfortable, okay? And the way she feels comfortable is by opening up to you and then you listening to what she's saying and asking engaged questions back, okay? Um, number seven, this is, this is a great one that I didn't start doing until a couple years ago. Let the other person feel the idea is his or hers. So if you're working on a project together or whatever and, you know, you're brainstorming on an idea and, and you bring it up at a meeting or whatever. Um, say, John had a great idea about this and that. That guy's going to love you forever. He's going to love you or, you know, you're working with one of your employees and, and you're talking about something and then 
you say, you know what, man, that's a great idea. Great idea. Let's, let's move forward with John's idea, right? And every time you bring it up, it's John's idea. That guy's going to love you forever, okay? Because it's, it's just a valuation of what he's doing. Um, number eight, try honestly to see things from other people's point of view. This only makes sense. If you want to influence someone, you have to know what they're thinking. If you're just trying to railroad your view over them, then you're doing a shit job of influencing. That's for sure. Number nine, be sympathetic with the other person's ideas and desires. You know, that relates to number eight. Number 10, appeal to the nobler motives. So everyone likes to be glorious in their own eyes. So like if you're doing something together, if you're trying to build something big together, you don't want to sell the dream, but you want to like, you want to be able to show that there's there's a difference being made. Like I was talking to Matt who, who does my books and he's going to do my video courses for me. And I just said like, you know, I probably made 15% more because you did all the covers for me. That's how good your, your artwork was. And I get compliments on it all the time. And you're, I, from the thousands of books or whatever that I've sold, all those books changed somebody's lives for if the guy implemented that. And you're a part of that because you, you co-created that. And he just sort of stood there for a second. He's like, wow, I never thought about that. I was like, yeah, that karma is going to come back to you too because you were involved in the creation of that. And that's a fact. And I didn't have to say that, you know, but we were just talking about it and it came to me and, and immediately, um, you know, he, he was happy about it because he, he hadn't even thought that it was just a project that he did. He made the money and then, you know, probably moved on to the next one. But when you, when you're able to do that, it just has a whole dimension to, um, to your influence. Okay. Number 11, dramatize your ideas again, you know, if you're really bringing someone on board for something big, you want to be able to give them a vision of what's going on. Not dream selling, okay? Dream selling like where you're fucking lying and it's just a, you know, a sandcastle, but like, here's how I think it's going to look and here's why I think it's going to be great for you to be a part of that and, and really like flesh out the idea in, in like a big picture, okay? That's really a powerful thing to do. And number 12 is throw down a challenge. Uh, this is the thing that motivates people is the game, the challenge to prove their worth. Something me and my friends have been doing. Um, we've been doing these accountability challenges with money behind it. And it's a good way to keep people accountable. So lastly is be a leader, how to change people without giving offense or arousing resentment. And a lot of this stuff is, is um, has been covered a little bit. So number one is begin with praise and honest appreciation. Number two is call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. Again, not breaking rapport. Number three, talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the other person. This is a great thing to do. It's part of what I call the shit sandwich, which is like a compliment, then the problem, then another compliment. So you've got the shit in the middle. And in those compliments, you can say like, I don't always do this right, or I know that there's a lot of work to be done and you're doing a great job. But, you know, we have a little problem here. And if you could just clear that up, that would be awesome because I know that I love working with you and I know that you're in, you've been doing so much great work. I'd love to have, you know, this back to where we were before that, that type of a, a way to handle a problem is the best way to handle it. Uh, ask questions instead of giving direct orders is awesome. Instead of, I never ask a girl, like meet me here. I'll say, um, yeah, why don't you meet me here for at 9 PM on Monday? That sound good. So it's basically like, it kind of is an order, but it's also phrased in the way that it's it's a question and it doesn't sound demanding, okay? 
So if you're talking with your team, it's like, hey guys, why don't we why don't we do this for next Monday? Why don't we get that together? All right, you know, John, can you handle that? Yeah, sure, Will, I can handle that. Instead of, all right, John, get that done for Monday. You know, it's it's just a softer, nicer way of doing it. Number five, let the other person save face. Um, anytime that you can, the last thing that you want to do is embarrass a guy in public. Uh, I know that I would never forget it. I've had when I used to work a job. I've had managers that embarrassed me in public in, in my sales job, and 10 years later, I still remember it. I still remember exactly what happened, right? And truth be told, if I could have got revenge on them, I, I would have. Um, that's, that's how much people hate being embarrassed in public. So anytime you can let the other person save face is a good idea. You just have to think, well, what does it cost me to let this person save face? Almost always, it's nothing, right? You've already talked to them in private about handling the thing. You know, you've done it in the the shit sandwich way, compliment, shit, compliment. You don't need to embarrass them um, any further than, than that, okay? Praise every improvement. Always, everything's always about like um, positive rewards. Again, a lot of this is focused on if you have your own business, but it applies to social situations too. Just everything positive, man. Every Everything that your man's doing that's better and that's moving forward is just praise, 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 right? Because... Wouldn't you want him to talk to you the same way? So, so you give him the treatment that you would want, right? Give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. This is a great way to introduce someone, especially if you're talking to a girl. This is my man, Ryan. He's a budding real estate mogul. He's got all this stuff going on. You know, you big him up, man. You you make him look good. Everyone around you, right? You make them look good. You, and, and, and by doing that, you make yourself look good too. By making your crew look good, you make yourself look good because you're hanging around all these other winners, okay? Um, use encouragement, make the fault seem easy to correct. Again, that's that's more of a positive reinforcement, giving positivity, spread that love, super important. And lastly, make the, the person happy about doing what you suggest. So, you know, when, when you are able to influence someone and you understand what they want, you're able to frame it in the way that it appeals to their wants, right? You're able to frame it in a way that they can actually be happy with you and with, with what you want because you've aligned, you've already aligned their reality with yours, okay? And if you're working with someone on a project or you're working with someone in a business or even if you're just doing some stuff with your friends, you, you want people to be happy to be working with you, right? It only makes sense. Just not only will they work harder and work better, but just creates a more positive atmosphere, all right? So that's the book. Again, you can check all the notes over on revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. I'll have all the bullet points for you there. But I mean, if if some of this stuff is new to you, just go buy the book. Go buy the Kindle on Amazon, which you can buy for really cheap. How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's in my top five, if not top three. It is an absolute, absolute must read. and something you should read more than once. And uh, that's it, man. I hope you found it useful. As always, check me out, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com, iTunes, Facebook, SoundCloud, in the links below on YouTube. And I wish you all the best in your personal development journey.